Hey, Basic Brown Nerds, this is Joy Valerie. And one of the questions that people are always asking me is, how do I start a podcast? Well, I've been podcasting for almost three years now. And let me tell you, back when I started, there weren't many tools that made it simple to just start. And lucky for you, now there's Anchor.fm and you could get started right away with tools built in, audio features, and also making it really simple for you to monetize on day one. They will distribute your podcast on apps like Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. So just go to anchor.fm or download the app to get started and make sure that you share it with us. Hi, Basic Brown Nerds. I'm your host, Joy Valerie. And today I'm going to be talking to my friend, Victoria. Victoria and I connected over a love for hiking and because we were Latina. And to be honest, I didn't know any other Latinx people who enjoyed traveling, let alone hiking and being outdoors. But this is ancestral. So we're talking more about that today. And my friends are such badasses. She is the founder of Latinas Who Hike, a travel blogger and a writer pursuing her MFA in creative writing. She's a rebel who pursues her passions, and she's also thriving. She's going to be having hikes in the Northeast this summer, so make sure that you are subscribed to our newsletter to stay in the know. And as usual, make sure you tag us on Twitter and in your Insta stories, at Basic Browners, to let us know that you're listening. And now, let's get to know Victoria. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. My mind is just like so blown right now. <laughs> Did the, is this still recording? Because I think it caps yeah. out. Okay, so my name is Victoria and um, I am from Ecuador. I was born in Ecuador and I moved to the United States when I was five years old. And I lived back and forth in between Ecuador and the United States. So my life is a little bit weird and unique in that sense, because when I was 15, after living in the United States and Connecticut for 10 years, I moved back to Ecuador. Mm -hmm. So that kind of like set me on the path of being a basic brown nerd (laughs) and my eventual uh, career choice, because I'm a translator, editor, and writer. And obviously I translate between Spanish and English. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that if I had not moved to Ecuador when I was 15, that I would be doing translation and right. that I'd be writing. So it was because of that that I kind of fell into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always been a basic brown nerd in the sense that I loved reading books and that I loved reading about stories. And I kind of, when I was a kid, never thought that I could right. write my own stories or that, you know, it'd always be like, this is a story by, by a white man yeah. <laughs> or a white woman and blah, blah, blah. And your stories are usually very like, captivating like even like I love going through your Instagram stories because you're just like hooked on right you're just like oh, okay and I'm like she's so good at this like well, in your captions you. like it makes you really think right yeah and I try to th- talk about like I try to mix things in with traveling because I feel mm-hmm. like everything right now is connected to traveling right. in like a globalized world and that we can think about traveling in different ways mm-hmm. uh like one of the latest things that I wrote about is about how you can travel to different countries and kind of find out how their voting system is. Yeah, you've been talking <laughs> about that a lot. Like, I didn't know that you just are 
eligible in Ecuador. Yeah, no, and not only are you eligible, like but you have to still, you're right? forced. Like you, as like a, I guess like Ecuadorian expat, like I, still have I to can, vote, right? But I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's not, it's not that easy. So I live in. Mm, okay. um, uh, southwestern Connecticut. Right. So if I have That's to... like a whole other thing we need to talk about. <laughs> yes. So if I have to go and vote, I have to go all the way up to I think at least New Haven. Oh, you can't mail in a ballot or no, something? You can't oh. mail in a ballot or anything like that. So there have been since I moved back to, to the United States in 2012, there have been some um, you know, voting things going on in Ecuador, but I haven't voted. No. Oh, okay. uh, but I kind of like wrote a lot recently about that and how in Ecuador, you're forced to vote. Like if you yeah. live in Ecuador, like, I haven't been fined since uh -huh. I live in the United you States. Fined? You get fined. Even yeah. like, so is it one of those places where you can enter like a blank ballot still? You can, you, oh, you can okay. go up to vote and you can put it in a blank ballot or but you or, still have to, but you still have ballot. to show up. If you don't Whoa. show up, you get fined. If you, you also, <laughs> You also sometimes need to go and be in the booth. You're huh. obligated. You're just like, wait, is somebody just like staring you down? Just like, <laughs> no, you why are like, you not in here? No, like, um, there's this like whole list, like, let's say of like 10 people. So then it's like, first is el presidente. Mm -hmm. So the, pres the presidente has to look over everything and make sure that everybody's there. And then it's, it's like the secretario and everything. So you have to, if you're like the secretary of the polling booth place, uh, you have to show up. And if you don't show up, you get fined even more because you were supposed to be there as the secretary. You're supposed to be there all day. What's the fine? It's supposed to be ten percent of the minimum wage per month. Oh, so it's like what? so it's kind of like a way like you have to go and buy. yeah, like you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. just like. Mm -hmm. So I talked about that recently. Yeah, and like, and I always try to put in Ecuador because <laughs> in like my stories and like right, uh, kind of living between these like two very very different realities. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really funny, like, because when you said Connecticut, I was just like, what? Like, they, like when we first met, I was <laughs> like there's brown people in Connecticut <laughs> but it's really funny because my dad actually he he's a pastor mm -hmm. and so like we used to go to New Haven a lot mm -hmm. right because he would go preach there so I only knew of like that one little community yeah. that's like right between like no where is it no, it's oh, in New Port Haven. No, oh, Port well you pass Port Chester and then Port like, Chester, right after yeah. Port Chester you have Greenwich which is like super white there is this idea of connecticut it, it is technically super affluent mm -hmm. uh, state but there are definitely pockets and cities mm -hmm. in which there are a lot of minorities and i saw that post that you wrote recently or like yeah. it was a picture of like parts of where the people Pisano. think of connecticut yeah. and it was like the one brown area was like trash or something yeah <laughs> and it was okay. like oh well that like, really like pissed me off <laughs> like obviously like people probably weren't thinking so much I'm like haha -ha, right yeah and it was it's, it was a blogger that has more than ten thousand followers like, right. they have a lot of followers and they posted that and i'm like why and i called her in like right. i just sent her a dm and i just said hey i know you're trying to be funny but let's say that i'm from bridgeport and right. i see that because it was bridgeport it literally right. said bridgeport and then it said landfill uh -huh. and said can you imagine like me being from there and what i would think even right. though i'm not from bridgeport right but I, I did grow up in like what people considered like a really bad part of uh, right. like i do have friends from bridgeport that i've met and they're all latino right yeah like... and so and then that's why i posted it. i was like this is not right you don't yeah. call you don't call any country or any city you just you call a landfill a landfill right landfill. yeah you don't call a city that because it's exactly uh the same like essence of saying oh shithole countries right right you know? and that's you true. only call shithole countries 
the countries where all the black and brown people live. Right. Like, that's what you hear. And that's not true. You know, it, it like just perpetuates this stereotype that um, because it is trash, there's nothing that you can do there. There's nothing right. good. And that they. That's why men are compost. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they try it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, but you asked me about being a basic brown Yeah, nerd, yeah. And I was I was telling you earlier that I feel like all Latinos yeah. when we were kids and when we we're immigrants were little basic basic brown nerds <laughs> because we have to show our parents mm-hmm. once we know more English than they do. Yep. We have to translate for them, interpret for them, and call other people for them. Right. So I feel like, you know, we're all little basic brown nerds. Because <laughs> a lot well, of some people don't like that I call them basic. But I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, like, we're suburban. So like... <laughs> we're all still basic in our own ways. Right. Just like a little bit. Yeah. So... And I think especially, like, like you're saying, like, as immigrants, like, we're trying to, like, fit in, too, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, for me, I think we went to go get bagels this morning, right? Like, that was, like, a way for me to fit in. I was like, oh, everyone's getting bagels, and, like, wearing Uggs and leggings. And I'm like, <laughs> I had fugs. Like, but, like, you know? That is true. Yeah, like, these little things, especially, I think, like, in suburbia, that it translates to, like, whiteness, right? Mm-hmm. But you're just like, okay, I want to, like, try to fit in, yeah. you know? That it's, like, a lot harder. But I can't even imagine, like, you had to then try to fit into Ecuador, oh, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was really hard. And I feel like I've always I've always had, like, a weird upbringing in the sense that I've had to commute mm-hmm. to wherever I've gone to school. Uh-huh. Uh, like, when, I, when we moved to Connecticut, my parents, uh, they actually registered me in a different elementary school. Like, not even my town. Uh-huh. They used, like... A cousin's address. Because <laughs> right? yeah. our parents are always looking out for us. Like you're, you're like eight, nine, ten. You're like your parents are like you can't tell anybody. Yes, <gasps> it's so hard. And also, you can't invite your friends over to your house. Yeah, I never it's... had people over. This is like now I'm having people over. Like I went, like we're having a little brunch later, and yeah. I'm so excited because I never had people over. Like <laughs> that's true. And so you could go to their house, right? Because they all lived near the school, mm-hmm. but you could, I could never tell them, "Hey, come over to my house," because then. I'd have to drive all the way to this other city. Right. And then like, their parents and, ask questions. Exactly. And they'd be like, so why is Victoria going right. to this elementary Did you ever have, here? like, I feel like because of that, like, I couldn't get super close to people because yeah. then they'd be like, why didn't you invite me over? And exactly. I was like, oh, well, it's like weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then you just feel like, my parents don't like people. Right. And then the kid is probably just <laughs> like. it's a lie. Because yeah. you don't know how to lie. Because <laughs> you're just like, oh, okay. And their parents are like, you can't. He's like, you don't like if you say something they're gonna kick you out of the school in the middle of the year and then what are you gonna do and then you have this like yeah and and I like now looking back on it I see it like it's a bad thing because again we have to kind of grow up a lot faster than Mm -hmm. other kids it's a lot more responsibility yeah and at the same time it's good because you're like my parents would do anything for me even right yeah so it's like rough because then you know people like oh we have to follow the rules and everything but it's like but the rules don't always like benefit us. I did the same thing, right? Like I went to a school that was in a different district and your parents did the same thing. Yeah. So my parents did the, exactly. It was like my tia's address. Um, (laughs) and I think like, you know, you're kind of just like, if I were to have gone to the school that I was supposed to, like, I probably wouldn't have been able to go to college. Right. And like get all these things that like, came so easy to like people that were more affluent mm-hmm. like my district is like more affluent white right um 
that whereas like for me it would have been like I would have gone to the school district that didn't have that many counselors that didn't have like as much access right um like because I went to my school my counselor is actually like a Latino Cuban (laughs) guy he was like first generation too so he got it and like he could talk to my parents and he was like I need you to apply to college and I'm like oh I don't know like he got me into like the colleges and And can you imagine if you didn't have that exactly and like I have friends that went to other districts and like they didn't have that like they didn't have that support right exactly. um and I'm just like wow like because of that like I was able to go to like a really good school like I went to RIT and like I went to for engineering mm-hmm. and now like I've done all these things that I'm just yeah. like I can't even and it's like at the same time like people are like oh you have to follow the rules and like that's legal right you but know, it's just like <laughs> well what about like when the rules don't benefit you right exactly and it's just like you when know the rules are there to oppress you exactly purpose. yeah but nobody wants to really say that they're there to oppress you right because a lot of the people that benefit from it are not the oppressed <laughs> exactly. so like yeah so it's like yeah it's like this weird gray moral area mm-hmm. right um and, and i went through that as mm-hmm. a kid here mm-hmm. in the united states and then, like I said, that was me living in between two different mm-hmm. realities. And then when I was 15, I moved to this very, uh, it's a small town. And there are about um, 100,000 people there. But it's still to me a very small town because it was kind of like in the middle of nowhere. That's where yeah. I was born. It's called Milagro, Ecuador. Oh, wow. <laughs> but um, my parents didn't want me to go to school there. Mm-hmm. So they had enough funds to send me uh, to a private school in like a really really affluent area of um, oh, Guayaquil uh-huh. and all that so it, like they were the the kids of like the people that were trying to be president of the country what? Like, it was like a completely different level like some of the people that I went to school had apartments on Fifth Avenue in in, in New York like they were really 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 extremely oh rich. my god yeah like if you're <laughs> translating Ecuadorian money to like exactly. live on Fifth Ave they were business owners but huge business owners in Ecuador so I was commuting every single day from my little town you know waking up at five in the morning and going like on a private bus and going to this private school where like outside of my block the streets weren't even paved (laughs) oh my goodness and then I would go and like rub shoulders with these people and it was again two different realities I feel like I was always like my mind was always like in shock you know it was always like between that like constantly code switching yeah (laughs) that's so intense yeah and it's like uh the people in my town uh even the shows that they would watch would be completely different it was like for a kid for a kid you're 15 and everything again like I'm very thankful (laughs) that I have that and I was able to graduate from this this high school and the good thing is that it was also bilingual Mm. high school so I had a lot of my classes in English so I never lost my English and I also learned Spanish because I knew kitchen Spanish like the Spanish that you talked to I've never heard that called kitchen Spanish (laughs) (laughs) no that's what I've heard it being called that way so what I did honestly I only knew the kitchen Spanish that I knew with my mom and dad that we eat at the table and I didn't really know how to write in Spanish until I... Yo, I don't even know how to write <laughs> And yeah, so like, and it's okay, you just know? Just ignore because all we, the accents. We grow up... <laughs> You're just like, my heart! <laughs> no, but I understand it, because I wouldn't have known where the accents go if I didn't mm-hmm. go to Ecuador. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known. Like, I completely understand that, because we grow up in, like, a high school where everything is in English. Like, I completely mm-hmm. understand that. Mm-hmm. And so... 
So yeah, I had to learn at 15 what people had learned when they were 8, 9, and 10. Oh my god, that's crazy. I had to drop out of AP Spanish. Oh yeah? Because the accent. Like, I was doing, I was doing well, it's like, in not 18. And then they put me in AP and I was like, sweet, college credit. This I gotta be teach so you the, the, the tongos and no, all the accents. it was rough. It was really rough. I was just like, oh, sweet, I just, yeah. like, failed this test. And it was all because of the accents. Like, I could, I was like, I just write how my mom speaks, and like, and it was Castellano, so I was just yeah. like, huh. and it's, um, it's like I said, it's understandable. I mean, you know, I don't like it when people put other people down for like not knowing like, mm -hmm. perfect, perfect Spanish or yeah. knowing how to write. So that kind of makes sense then. Like, you know, like we really wanted to talk about like you know you being in different spaces, right? Mm -hmm. Like you hike, that's and rock climb, like that's <laughs> not really like I think. When we first connected, I was just like, what? Like, somebody else is out there doing this? Um, so that's but now this makes it so much more context. You're like, I was already used to that. Like, I was always the oddball. I, I was always, like, the oddball. It was I, I was, I was always the nerd. I was always, like, I was always, like, looking around and, like, analyzing my entire surroundings and, like, uh -huh. what is this? Where am I? Is yeah. This, and then I moved back to the United States when I was 22, mm -hmm. and I went to Hunter College in the city and i would commute between connecticut and new york oh my god it's always <laughs> so been i've always been my life has been a lot of commuting oh and like goodness. you said different spaces like right. about hiking. a lot of traveling and... always traveling <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so hiking is something that i fell into mm -hmm. um like literally just, like, like i felt it was there was a mountain yeah i tripped <laughs> and there was a mountain no so a friend came to visit me from ecuador and um he was dating somebody at that time that was here in the United States, long story. But she said, hey, um, it was New Year's, and she said, on New Year's, hikers do this thing. They go out and they do their first hike of the year, and it's supposed to be, like, a really big thing. It's supposed to be important. Oh, my God, really? Yeah. Like, I, did that. I, was like, I okay. started this year with a hike. Yeah. <laughs> That's why everything has been going great for you. So, so a few years ago, he came, and we went on the hike, and I was really, like, this is, like, 15 minutes away from my house. Like, mm -hmm. this is really cool. Like I can walk and like get away from everything and it's really nice and chill and, and I had a lot of fun. Like I was surprised by how much fun I had and I said kind of like, I want to do this a little bit more. And then uh -huh. I started like dragging my boyfriend at that time, now my husband, like, like we're going to go hiking. Oh <laughs> like, my okay, God. Okay. All right. And like, I lost the nails on my toe <laughs> because <sighs> I never grew up hiking. Yeah. It's not something I did. My, my parents are both. My dad is a garbage man and my mm -hmm. mom is a nanny. So their jobs are very physically demanding. Right. So it was never like weekends were always like, let's go to the mall and yeah. let's watch movies. It wasn't like, let's go out and like do something. Like, of course, they had soccer and everything. The mall has soccer. AC. Yeah. And you get and... to spend your money. <laughs> so we, I never really did that growing up. And mm -hmm. then I really liked it. And I did start doing more and more of it. And as I noticed, as I was going out to different places in Connecticut, I didn't really see people that looked like me. Mm -hmm. And then I started doing it more. I'm like, it can't be the only person like in Connecticut that's right. walking around. Uh, so then I decided to do Latinas Who Hike. Uh -huh. So it's basically like an Instagram profile to... And you have a group? Yeah, to showcase... Um, and also, like, I do meetups and everything. Yeah. But it's to showcase different Latinas. Like, we know that Latinas come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. Uh -huh. There are Afro-Latinas, there are white Latinas, there are brown Latinas. So I try to show all of these Latinas in different parts, you know, not only in the United States, but you guys, that you guys went on a hike with four Latina women, and, like, you all went on a hike, and that was amazing. Oh and I remember y'all asking me questions, and I'm like, yeah. And, that, and that's what I want to show, like, 
you know, you can do this. If you've never done it before, that's okay. Right. You know, I'd never done it for 24 years and then I started it and I really liked it. Maybe you will too. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the idea behind it to get more people inspired to go out and to go on to green spaces. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that they have green spaces right in their backyard. I didn't know that there were so many Like the Ramapo Res is literally 15 minutes from here. Okay. And I didn't know that until Gracia was (laughs) like, hey, come on this thing. And I was like, what? Because, yeah, she would hike a lot too. And I was like, what is this? Um, but yeah, that's, that's really funny. Like I didn't get introduced to hiking until I went to Bali and Mm -hmm. my friend was like, let's go on this like 5am hike up a volcano. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Last person on the trail. Right. But I think (laughs) it's so funny. (laughs) And it's so funny because like, you know, you mentioned your parents are working. Why are they going to want to go on a hike on the weekends? Right. Like, and if you went to a park, it was like a barbecue. Right. Like, I don't know (laughs) if you guys had a, but I had it like kids. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like huge barbecue, but like, you're just laying around, not Uh like, physically demanding but then when you go back to like our home countries like people have been doing this forever right like that's how they immigrated that's how they moved like to different villages like you had to pass mountains and stuff like that even when we went to dr and did this big hike like most of the people there were Dominican, mm-hmm. but they didn't have all the fancy stuff, and right? They did it faster. <laughs> and they did it faster. I was dying. I was on the donkey, just like, ah. yeah, <laughs> because like, they're they're used to it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But then I thought it was really funny that it was just like a lot of people still like have not heard about it, right? Yeah. Or like done it. Um, and it's like this kind of new generation that I guess we are becoming like more socially like was it like upwardly mobile right yeah. that we have like more leisure time yeah. to be able to do these things that's true but that's true. then at the same time like yeah you don't really see other people like you. yeah like we like you like, find them communities on the internet and it's like really interesting because i think like for marginalized communities that were so spread out and especially like you know the like basic brown nerdy type <laughs> of people right like you're just like oh, i'm not like you know you don't find people that yeah. it's so much harder that it's really cool that like you find people with similar interests and then you're like, oh my God, let's meet up and like exactly. in real life, right? You're listening to Basic Brown Nerds and we'll be right back. Hey, Basic Brown Nerds, this is Joy Valerie and I have some really exciting news for you. We have launched our merch shop. So you can go to basicbrownnerds.com shop and rep the Basic Brown Nerd movement. And this is one of the ways that we can keep making high quality content and bring you season three. Yup, we are bringing season three in 2020. And know that when you go to our shop, you're not just supporting us. You are not just supporting the production of this. 100% of the profits goes back into Basic Brown Nerds so that we can bring you more episodes But also because I want to make all of the ideas that I have a reality, events, and keep bringing you awesome content that every time you listen or see Basic Brown Nerds, you know that these are people just like you. That in this time where people are talking so much crap about us, that you know that our community is strong, powerful, resilient that we make things out of nothing. And to be honest, that's how we started Basic Brown Nerds almost three years ago. We started in front of a computer and just trying to figure it out. So if you've been listening since then, thank you so much. And when you shop 
from basic brown nerds, you're not just supporting this. You are supporting local business, local Guatemalan-owned business right here in New York. So thank you and feel free to reach out to us on social media at Basic Browners and also to me at Joy Valerie with two E's on Instagram and Twitter. I am low-key addicted to social media. That's literally my career. (laughs) I work in media. So I'm really excited to get to know you all, but also feel free to send me any opportunities, any ways to collaborate to keep making this bigger and keep Basic Brown Nerds going. So see you next decade in 2020. Yeah. When you said online, for example, I didn't really have anybody in real life to tell me, oh, this is kind of like the gear that you need to use. Or like, I had no idea that, Mm -hmm. let's say that if you're a size seven normally Mm -hmm. in like normal shoes, that when you go and get uh, hiking boots or anything, they have to be a half a size up or like oh you did tell me that one. yep and so that's why I bought like normal hiking shoots in my normal size and that's how I lost like my toenails oh my god so it's, exactly and so you think that it's like a little thing like mm-hmm. it's not a big thing but when you don't have anybody to yeah. ask or we're just like well I'm gonna try this out because I don't really know about it and I kind of now like I should google so that, but right. I didn't think it was a big deal so you told me about the half size up right yeah and then me being like just me was like oh it's a little loose let me put on two pairs of socks <laughs> and that was and like I had and did um, you yes I did because I had all these blisters like my foot was a giant blister at one point and I had to like put ice on it it was so gross it's, it's you know it's gross but like, in, yeah in that sense. and then there was creepy doctors that were just trying to hit on you but that's like a whole other thing um wait on the trail all these like the guys theater they call them theater <laughs> Uh, and like this doctor was like oh yeah I'll have to like pop them for you and then you come back and I'll sanitize oh it for you God. and I'm kind of like pretty sure you're not supposed to pop blisters right and then like this <laughs> other woman's like no he's just trying to make you come back to him oh and I was my like God. yo but that's it why sketchy. it's so important to make our own Spaces. Right. For, for us so to people like, try to pop your blisters. In yeah. Front of you. <laughs> like weird guys try to pop your blisters on a trail. Like that's why you need to go to like a Latinas who hike meetup and yes. not have weird people around. like a little group of us and we did um the waterfall Catterskill Falls yeah and it was really interesting because I didn't even know there was waterfalls like you found it Mm -hmm. um and then we like hung out in Socrates after but it was like a pretty good hike right yeah it was a lot of fun it was like it wasn't too intense they had stairs you said they added the stairs yeah because on a lot of people in previous years before they added the stairs Mm -hmm. not anymore (laughs) that I've heard a lot of people passed away Um, because they they slip but most of that and I think it also goes with knowledge about hiking and going on the trail is that a lot of people left the trail and you're Mm. not supposed to do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) like even this past weekend I went on a hike with my mom and she kind of left the trail I didn't know because I was in the front oh I was like wait you just lost your mom (laughs) no no I was like she lost like she did it on purpose and Uh so then like she showed me videos like mom like you're not supposed to leave the trail (laughs) for many reasons but especially because uh you know, you kind of go into this environment where all like the green spaces and you're not supposed to like disrupt that. Oh. <laughs> you know, so there is, and also it can be dangerous. As right, you can, that and, too. And, especially like fall. in Catterscope. And I think what, like a lot of people were like Instagramming, trying to get on the waterfalls. Yeah. 
and that's like another thing it's like that's like one thing that I'm just like you know if you're out in nature like be mindful like one and also like enjoy it right yeah like obviously like pictures are really cool to remember but like Mm -hmm. yeah and then yeah, like, smart don't about it don't film yourself going out of the trail like <laughs> don't film yourself doing something that's dangerous that can put other people in danger right <laughs> and, and another thing that you do that i really like is that you know you're kind of like giving it in this context that like reclaiming like the spaces right because mm-hmm. that's another thing like i love that you always try to mention like what native space it was yes. right because that's the other thing like we think like oh okay like we see all these like affluent white people going with all their fancy gear and stuff but it was like but like our ancestors have been doing it forever yes. right like that they were the og explorers exactly. right like going off into different places mm-hmm. they were the ones that showed the colonizers how to cook for themselves how to feed themselves because oh they didn't God. know yes. the territory and a lot of people forget that <laughs> right oh that's so true like that's why we have thanksgiving exactly like, thank you for teaching us how to feed and then we murder exactly (laughs) and so that's why i think it's important so wherever i go i mention it on social media and also if it's the beginning of the hike i mention to people that go right and i like that you did that yeah like you're on the land of so-and-so if you want to learn more about them there's more about information about them online you know take out a book even when we're not on a trail like Mm -hmm. even at our own home like you can you can go and google and find out what were who were the natives Mm -hmm. where you lived like oh in God. that word, displaced. I didn't think about that <laughs> yeah. until you said it. Of course. Like associate, <laughs> just like associate trails, like with natives, or associate um, parks, right? Know? Because a lot of national parks that used to be somebody's home. Yeah. You know, a native's home, and now it's just a park. Yeah. You know? So it's 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 kind of yeah, it's great that we have a park, but you know they had to leave; they were forced to leave mm-hmm. for us to enjoy this park. Right. So I feel like at, at at the least that I could do is mention. Wow, you know, like, even that I mentioned that, like, that you mentioned that today, I was just like, oh, maybe, like, do a little stroll at the Ramapo Res, right? And it's the Ramapo Reservation, Mm -hmm. and part of it is a park, Mm -hmm. right? And the other one is literally a reservation. Like, the, I've gone to a couple of events that, like, they've had, like, Mm -hmm. the, I think it's the Lenape that are there. The Lenape? Yeah, um, and they'll, they're, they're still there, like, they're literally on there, and there was, um, a pipeline that was trying to be built through there. Oh, wow. And they were trying to stop it, right? And, like, that's what, we're 30 miles outside of New York City. Wow. And they're still there, and they're very active in the community, like, trying to, like, you know, take care of the environment. And, And everyone, like, briefly mentions it around here, but, like, I guess it's like, oh, yeah, like the yeah. rise is over there. Like, um, for example, one of my favorite uh, parks, it's closed right now because there was a storm earlier um, in May 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Sleeping Giant State Park. Ooh, and it was um, it's really it's really nice. Uh, there's supposed to be this whole story behind it of a sleeping giant that looks like the rock looks like a sleeping giant. Oh, my God. You know, when you said that, I thought of Moana. Oh, yeah. You know, like how she comes like the the volcano at the end of the okay. Moana movie. I haven't seen it. <gasps> I was about to say spoiler alert. Just okay, just kidding. Anyways, but, like but it's right. It's called it's right in front of Park. University mm-hmm. yeah and so again when I went there it's like I, I looked up the whole history behind it because I I feel like I need to do that yeah and I also follow a lot of people that are indigenous not not just from the United States but mm-hmm. from like around the world and learn from them and oh. also kind of in honor them you know they're still here right. I'm not indigenous you're you know you're not yeah. indigenous, but we need to learn from them right. and listen to them and you know, 
it's it's crazy that they've endured so much mm-hmm. and they're still here trying to reclaim their power right and i feel like so much of it is like still even like yeah we're not like you know full indigenous and it's still like in our roots somehow mm-hmm. but like i know for my family like i don't know anything of it right mm-hmm. it's like this lost kind of culture yeah that it's like it's still like in you somehow but like that's yeah. why we're mestizos right, right. and we're just like <laughs> we're mestizos because the colonizers colonizers right but like, it was just like we're like women. the product and then it's just like yeah like it's confusing at times even that yeah. you're just like so that's why i feel like you know in regards to that like my voice is not important right you know right. the only thing that i can do is say uh listen to other indigenous people mm-hmm. you know try to understand what they're coming from look at documentaries listen right. to them directly online and whenever wherever you go like like I said, even your home, like find out who used yeah. to live on that. But more especially if you go on a hike, you know, who used to live there? Mm-hmm. You know, why Why can you now go hike there? Ooh, find out. I never even <laughs> thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wait, so on that note, how'd you get into rock climbing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's... The first time that I went rock climbing. Because you went ice climbing, right? Yes. <laughs> like out in the wild. Like not was... like you're not like you were rock climbing in like a oh, little gym, <laughs> like all these things. Like you went yes. out in the wild. So in March 2017, I went to um an ice climbing thing that was all women. Mm-hmm. Um so I made that was on purpose. <laughs> I yeah. didn't want to be like in with like other guys. I mean, the te- the guides were men. But yeah. so I wanted to be like surrounded by women. And I kind of almost had a breakdown <laughs> before I went that week. So I, like, was with my husband. I was like, um, what if I just, like, cancel? Like, I'm probably going to be the only brown person there. Were you? I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm probably going to be the only brown person there. And I'm going to be the slowest one. I was. <laughs> and I'm probably not going to know a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. So I feel like, <laughs> so I kind of, like, in my head, I was like, I'm going to embarrass myself. And it's not going to, like, turn out well. But you know what? I embarrassed myself and I learned. And it turned out True. well in the end, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and it was great. It was really, really, it was cold. It was in up in New Hampshire. And like I said, a lot of the people there had done it before. Oh, okay. Uh, or some of them had done it before. And some of them were through hikers. Through hikers is when somebody goes and hikes 2,000 miles. Like, oh, okay. A certain trail, like, from the beginning to the end, not day hikes. Oh, um, So it was, exactly. So it was very kind of like, I'm in this space that I don't know if I deserve to be in. Ooh. Or if I should be even in here. Yeah. You know? And I know that a lot of the women there probably didn't think about it that way. But as I, a person of, of color, as a woman of color, I did think about that. Going. Yeah. And it's really interesting, like, because I think when I said that to my white friends, they were like, I never even thought of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you feel uncomfortable? Like, no one's looking at you being like, oh, my God. And even if they do look at you, like, a little bit, it's like, oh, different. You know, like, that's just normal, natural instinct yeah. to be like, let's look at what's different, right? Uh-huh. But no one's being like, oh, you don't deserve to do that. But it's, like, such an internal thing that yeah. we have in our head because mm-hmm. we're just like, I'm the oddball, like, exactly. you know? And, and like I said, I've always felt like the oddball. Right. Like, but it's, it's so interesting because it's something that we definitely perceive. Mm-hmm. But, like, a lot of white people don't. A lot of people don't even care, right? Yeah. And then yeah. they're just kind of like, huh, different. And then they're just like, oh, okay, cool, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. There were a lot of things. I mean, like, obviously not always, but mm-hmm. but still, like, I think a lot more often than not, like, it's more just like, oh, or, or you know, like, and it might be like something that they don't think about consciously, but they're like, oh, why are you here? And that just kind of like, Ugh, you know, and they're like, where are yeah. you from? And you're just like, oh. <laughs> like, like, I'm from Connecticut. They're like, but where are you really from? And yeah. I'm like, no, like, 
if you mean like from here like do you want to know my entire history like, yeah but you know and it's weird because sometimes people do ask me where are you from and I'm like like where am I from like where was I born uh -huh. or just like where did I drive from yeah <laughs> and I turn that back and then I'm like where are you from uh -huh. and people are like oh here. no but where are you from oh, okay. like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh. I, I did that once with like a white guy that asked me and he was like I, oh, I think like, my I'm family white, so immigrated from Italy <laughs> like a couple generations ago and I was like interesting exactly. like reminder yeah um but yeah, and so that day that I went on rock climbing, it was the first time that I tried on crampons, and they're like very specific. Crampons, they're these things that you put on your boot, like okay. very specific things. Because it sounds like tampons. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> not at all. It's very, it can hurt. Um, um, but that's how you kind of like walk on the ice and walk oh my on a lot God. of snow. And again, it was, you know, it was hard because I'm, I love beaches. And yeah. It's, like I said, lately in the few years that I've been more into like, mountains and trails and kind of seeing that I love both equally yeah, and in the winter <laughs> and in the winter and also like I'm Ecuadorian I'm, a, I'm also Ecuadorian from the coast um but it was fun like I said I, I did look back on it like I was like the slowest one like and it was like really hard for me but I'll do it again and I want to do something again with Latinas Who Hike where only yeah. brown women go Ooh, and they feel yes. you know confident and they can ask questions and they don't feel bad and they can ask what a crampon is and they can ask like <laughs> everything so i definitely want to create that space mm -hmm. and for them to to come out and be like oh if she can rock climb i can do it too yeah <laughs> i think that's the other thing like when you start seeing people that look like you doing things that it kind of like gets rid of that doubt within yes. you that you're just like could i could i be doing that mm -hmm. like yeah even and in, that applies like, to everything everything yeah. like and so that was like the last thing that i really wanted to talk about is like you are now doing a master's program, yes. right? <laughs> and it's really cool because I think that's the other thing. And you're doing it in writing too, yeah. right? <laughs> so that's the other thing. Like people don't really often see other like brown folk in these spaces, right? Mm -hmm. Especially like other Latinos that like, yeah. especially even in the creative spaces. And I think mm -hmm. that's something we had talked about before that, you know, like it's so much pressure. Like my parents, when I changed from, um, chemical engineering to study international studies like my last year of college oh my god no as a city she was like so what is that and i was like did you even know what chemical engineering was and she's like no but i'm like like me had an ingeniera and that's and like i still ended up going into tech and doing like you know like engineer type of work but like yeah i was just like well i'm also really interested in this like i like learning but yeah so but you had kind of a different upbringing on that right <laughs> yeah but i think that what you're telling me is something that I've heard a lot from my friends mm -hmm. and that it's like that when you're a first generation immigrant like I was a first generation immigrant because I came you're here like the investment <laughs> <laughs> yes that's actually a great way to put it yeah uh, but also like like I said like my parents I'm super proud of them and I love them to death and they're and they're proud of who they are my father's a garbage man and my mom is a nanny so a lot of parents that come to the United States and have to work in things that are physically demanding always tell their children, I don't want you to do the work I do, mm -hmm. right? They're like, I don't want you to work at a place that's physically demanding for you. I want you to right. use your noggin. I want you to use your sedato. Yeah. That's what you need to do. So yeah, like become go from a, blue collar to white collar. Exactly. And, you know, become an ingeniera, become mm -hmm. an abogada. Uh, licencia and yeah, everything yeah. and there was so much passion and it's like why like yeah. she, she could have like not done that for four years and always done what she'd love 
right. and still be successful, you know? Yeah. But there are a lot of parents that put the pressure mm-hmm. on their kids, you know, to, like, hold up the family name and to, like, become, like you said, your mom wanted you to be an engineer. Yeah, yeah. And it was important for her. But, for example, when I grew up, my parents were always like, you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> and when I moved, when I was 15, I moved to Ecuador. Um, high school is a little bit different. Um, it's kind of like college in the sense that, at least in my high school, I graduated. You're very bougie high school. Yeah, my very <laughs> bougie high school. But I know that this happened in a bunch of high schools. This was 10 years ago, so I don't know if this is how it is still today. Things always change in Ecuador. But you had to go and pick a especialización, mm-hmm. which is if you wanted to do something in chemistry, it'd be quivio. And then if you want to do something in, in physics, it'd be física. And then if you didn't know what to do, and blah, 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 you'd get sociales, which is like, you know, basically history and like social Like studies. liberal arts. Yes, like liberal <laughs> arts. So you had to pick that already in high school. Oh my God. <laughs> because you were so preparing. Your, exactly. You were preparing yourself for, for college. So I thought I was going to grow up in Connecticut and that I'd have to pick when I was in college, but no, or that wasn't like my right, senior right. year of high school. But no, I got there. I was 15 and I had to pick something immediately. Oh my goodness. And I was like, um, I hate numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do anything um, that has to do with that. And so then I was like, I wasn't so sure that I wanted to do translation, but I knew I wanted to pick sociales. And one of my uh, dad's brothers told him like, you shouldn't let her do that because only lazy kids go to sociales. Um, and, you know, they never do anything with their lives. I think That's so crazy. When I switched from, like, engineering to, like, international studies, like, I actually had a 3.9, and then I went down to, like, a 3.4, because I thought it would be so much easier. Mm-hmm. And then when your papers get graded, and, you know, there's so much analytical, I was just like, <laughs> oh, crap, like, this is so much harder than I thought it was. And 3.4 is still great. Yeah, I'm a nerd. <laughs> but, like, but, yeah, but it was just, like, but it dropped, like, that much mm-hmm. that I was just like, ah, oh, because I was getting, like, C's and B's, and I was just like, oh, my God. Like, you're like, yeah. I need to get this back up. <laughs> yeah, and like, I mean, yeah, and I thought it was like, oh, this can be so easy, you just like write, but then it's like, no, like, it's a lot of like critical thinking, mm-hmm. like, whereas numbers are kind of straightforward. Okay. I was like, wrong, right, wrong, right, That's you know? Um, that it was kind of easier, like, for, for me, right? Mm-hmm. Then I was like, okay. And then it was like, oh, crap, like, this is actually like a lot more analytical. Like, I was just like, yeah, I like learning about people. And then I was like, what? And it's funny because you said that was harder when you were doing yeah. engineering. And my mom, easier. like, yeah, and people would be like, oh, well, you dropped out of engineering because you were dumb. And I was like, what? Like, no, I helped you with your homework. Like, yeah. so it's crazy that, like, a lot of people always have that perception, too. And it's yeah. just like, no, it's just liberal depends. arts. Like, right. Arts. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and it's really funny because a lot of my friends, one, I went to tech school. So our, like, stuff was all tech based. Mm-hmm. But, like, a lot of my friends that have liberal art degrees work in, like, more technical fields now, right? Yeah. And it's just interesting because it, it's really just, like, how to think, like, right? Yeah. That it just depends on how you analyze. But there's this m- misconception that, like, oh, if you do numbers, then you're smarter. And yeah. it's like, mm, your brain just works differently. And that's exactly <laughs> what my uncle told my dad. Yeah. And my, and my dad was like, she's going to do whatever she wants because she can be successful in anything. <laughs> Okay, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Exactly. He's like, she'll be successful in whatever she chooses. Like, she's got this. And, you know, it could have been the other way around. They could, my dad could have been like, no, you know, they're right. Mm-hmm. You have to go in and at least do this. Yeah. Know? But they've always been like, you can do whatever you want to do. Oh, my God. That's awesome, <laughs> so, though. Um, but it did. Even, like, this might not seem like a basic brown nerd thing on paper, but I think it's important for me to say is that 
uh, I graduated from my bachelor's in seven years Whoa. because I transferred uh-huh. from Ecuador to the United States. Uh-huh. So it took me like it was really six years, but over the span of seven years. Right, right. And a lot of people, when I made that decision to move back, they're like, "But why are you doing that? You know, you're almost done in Ecuador. Yeah. Uh, why are you? Oh, so you transferred credits? I did. So, oh, okay. I transferred okay. credits um, in 2012 from my university there uh, to to CUNY to Hunter College. And I finished my tra- translation and interpretation degree there. Oh. Um, and a lot of people were like, why are you doing this? You know, it's going to be two more years. But it was the best decision that I could make. And it just goes to show you that there's a lot of pressure on kids, especially to be like, you have to graduate in four years mm-hmm. and you have to finish. And then when you're 22, you have to get a job. And this is how your life this is going to This timeline. Be. This timeline. And so I just want like everybody that's listening, like, you're your own timeline. Yes. Like you can be successful in your own time. If you don't want to go to college, there are a lot of people that are successful mm-hmm. that are not just financially successful, but also emotionally successful. And I think that's the other thing, like defining what success is. Exactly. Like, is it a bunch of money? Like you exactly. can still be miserable and making a lot of money. Exactly. Like- um, and so when I decided to do my MFA in creative writing, it, I took a break for three years. So I picked a low residency program and I did a lot of research, especially who's in it, you know, what are the teachers there, how the program is, who would be my mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a lot of times we think about the name of the university, but we have no idea who runs the program. I looked up um, the people, the alumni, like, oh, and also email, like that. email the alumni like, what did you like about the program? What didn't you like? Uh-huh. What could be better? Uh, you mentioned, uh, I think, in like in a personal conversation on the, on the uh, podcast that, like, why did I decide to do that instead of something else? Like, yeah. know, like international policy. Yeah. And it's because I kind of, like, believe my father. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm going to do great in whatever the fuck I choose. <laughs> yeah. What? You have to. <laughs> like, I'll be fine. I don't know where it's going to lead me, but I'm going to be fine. And yeah. a lot of people were, like, afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Afraid to, like say that out to the universe like I'll be better than fine like right. I'll be great so I know that no matter what I, I mean choose, you have a successful career I do I'm very proud of right? it yes I'm very proud of it you know I'm a poetry editor and a translator and I run the, my blog <laughs> a traveling translator so I'm very proud of it and I just want to keep on doing more things yeah and I want to keep on building like my portfolio and everything that I write about and I just want to continue to write and that's what makes me happy work is still work yeah it's still demanding and there are times it's good it's bad that we get annoyed uh but I would see myself doing something that I hate just for the money yeah oh so deep <laughs> so like I feel like there's so many takeaways but if you had to have like one takeaway for anyone listening like what would you say um I would say the average person works 90,000 hours what in their lives oh that's depressing that's like 10 years straight <laughs> Can you imagine just like working 10 years straight without a break, without a lunch break, without a like potty break or anything like that? You literally die, though. No potty break? <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's what 90,000 hours is. Like, that's imagine, like, in our lifetime, oh that's how much gosh. time we work. And that's taking into consideration, like, a 40 hour work week, mm-hmm. you know? So, kind of like my, like, I don't want to say that if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life because that's not true. Right. <laughs> you probably work... work more. Exactly. <laughs> you work more and it's still something that you love. But I just want to tell, you know, whoever's listening that you can't be great at what you do if you don't love it. Mm-hmm. And so you have to keep on learning. And if you're at the point right now where you're not where you want to be, 
you, you have to step, step up and put down the groundwork of where you want to be mm-hmm. and imagine yourself in it. And this applies to everything because like I mentioned, I kind of do a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> so I have the blog and then I have my own job and I'm doing Latinas who hike. So I'm setting the groundwork for all of that. Yeah. I'm not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And maybe we never will be because once we accomplish something, we want to accomplish something yep. else. <laughs> That's just how it works. Um, but I just feel like, you know, love what you do and that's the only way to be great at it it's Mm -hmm. still gonna be work (laughs) and some days it'll it'll be annoying uh but that's how you can be successful oh i like that (laughs) i spoke to my soul (laughs) and where can people find you oh okay so um if you want to follow me on the meetups if you want i'm doing meetups right now in the tri-state area so New York and Connecticut, we'll do some in New Jersey coming up soon. And you can follow Latinas Who Hike on Instagram. And I always post all the hikes on Latinas Who Hike and also my personal, which is the blogging platform, which is Kiki Traveler 30. And uh, if you're a translator and you're listening to this, just hashtag a traveling translator wherever you'll be. And I'll like repost, I'll like, you know, connect with you. And your website? And my website is the traveling translator.com. Happy you. It was great to be here. And we're going to brunch. Yes. Mimosas. <laughs> yes. Sorry, whoever, whoever is listening. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Basic Brown Nerds. If you want to hear more from us, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Basic Brown Nerds. Thanks for listening to Basic Brown Nerds.